the British Wrestling Experience with Martin, Ollie and Benno. Hello and welcome to the British Wrestling Experience right here on Post Wrestling. I'm Benno and with me today is Ollie Court. Ollie, how's it going? Hi there, Benno. Yeah, it's going all right. Uh, looking forward to talking some RevPro, some progress, the big boys in town <laughs> yeah that's it as people can probably hear there's no martin today he's away for his birthday so we wish him a happy birthday and hope he's having a good one um but yeah like you mentioned there's plenty to talk about over the uh the next 50 minutes we're we're back a little bit earlier than planned uh, to keep in sync with keep it 2000s we're launching our first review episode proper today and then we'll be back every two weeks on Thursdays, alternating with that satellite of hate going forwards. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, we've got uh, Rev Pro High Six 2018. We've got Progress Chapter 61, as well as some questions from the post forum and all the news in BritRes this week. So without further ado, Ollie, let's get to it. Uh, Rev Pro presented High Six 2018 from York Hall this past Saturday. You were there, making your big return to York Hall and oh, more yes. to the point of the Dundee Arms. Uh, how was it <laughs> as, a, as a live experience? Yeah, it's been it's been ages since I've been to the wrestling live. Actually, I think it, it's been uh, three months uh, since I was in Germany, and I think that was the last time I'd actually been to a live show. And there's really nothing like it, especially in Britress, because we have such rowdy crowds, and obviously everyone can travel everywhere, so you get all all the people who <laughs> you talk to on the regular online, and you see them in person. So it's it's always a special vibe. Got. Uh, brother Mort from uh, Denmark coming over, making it even more special. So shout out to him <laughs> for making the big trip over. And yeah, York Hall's an amazing venue. Um, and we got to see the three New Japan guys in Evil Sonata and Suzuki. I was a bit disappointed I couldn't travel to Swindon of all places to see Kento Miyahara oh. uh, the day after. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I was very happy with, with my lot here. Yeah, that'd be a hell of a, a double act. And yeah, getting to see Suzuki live, I've still not been able to do it. I watched the show on VOD, but if uh, the result of the, the main event is anything to go by, we should be uh, seeing a lot of them uh, in the oh, country yeah. going forward. Uh, that's the big story coming out of this show. The big title change, Minoru Suzuki and uh, Zack Sabre Jr. winning the Rev Pro Tag Team titles from, from Mustache Mountain. Um, and a, a really, really great match, I thought. Uh, I think it, it really uh, stacked up well. And I think it was, it's just, I mean, you can probably tell us what it was like seeing Suzuki live but it's just <laughs> it's great getting to see him come out there and get that crowd reaction um, mm-hmm. unlike the the what culture reaction he got when he was here last year um I, I, it, it definitely gives me goosebumps every time he comes out and the Kazi Nina uh, shout yeah. goes off um, I just love that about him he's like he's a heel isn't he but it's almost like as a bullying tactic he encourages the crowds it's like a you better <laughs> cheer me situation you know? even though he's a heel it makes a lot of sense to his character I mean how cool was it to, to see him live and to, to oh, see yeah. the entrance he definitely had a certain aura and everyone picked up on that uh, he, he was definitely fully motivated because I was with um, JP uh standing with him uh watching and he he said like uh it, last time he was here maybe he didn't put in the full effort but this time i think he was 100 percent on it and to be fair zsj trent seven and tyler Bate all matched his charisma and all matched that aura and certainly lived up to the occasion just as much as suzuki did it was a real like clash of four big personalities and definitely felt that throughout that match 
Yeah, he looked like he was having a good time, didn't he? It was even where he's doing comedy with Trent and uh, Trent tries to chop him and then he, he chops Trent back and Trent just falls like a, it's like a big tree falling <laughs> in the woods. It was a comedy bump, but you could even yeah. see Suzuki kind of crack a, a smile, maybe like a, an evil smile, but he seemed well into the match, didn't he? And yeah. it was kind of. Well, Suzuki's good at balancing the sort of banter aside and mm. the, the, the hard edge side as well. And I, th- I thought he kind of brought something out of seven and bait I haven't seen in them in a while. Like they, they, I feel like they were taking this more seriously than they've taken any non WWE UK match in a while. Yeah, yeah, that was it. They kind of got the comedy out the way early, didn't they? And then we were straight into full on strike exchanges with the two. Yeah. And I mean, I suppose it, it, seven was try. There was a point in the match where Trent was trying to be serious, and he did the cartwheel. And it was the most serious cartwheel <laughs> he's ever done, but yeah. it's still Trent Seven doing a cartwheel. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it did. It brought out, I mean, sometimes the Mustache Mountain and British Strong Style match can get a, a bit too comedy based, but I think they told a really good story here, didn't they? With Suzuki enjoying Murder and Trent and then uh, him and uh, ZSJ both enjoying wrapping Tyler up in the ropes mm-hmm. and and that was the story of the match, wasn't it? It was getting Tyler uh, cornered and and the, um, leading up until the, the the big trend comeback where he came out with his with his big moves. It was just a a really great match and a, and a really well told story as well. Were you surprised how strongly the the, the Suzuki and ZSJ were, were put over? Um, it was kind of I didn't really going into the match. I, I didn't really expect them to win. I thought it was cool getting to yeah. see WWE guys against New Japan guys, and there's always politics at play there as well, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised to see them uh, take the belt off of Mustache Mountain and, and go. Yeah, definitely. Um, Seven and Bait aren't like complete rev pro regulars, but um, they they did when they won the title. It was a little bit newsworthy, like it was sort of to prop up that mini tour that they were doing. Um, so it is surprising that they didn't really get a longer run. But you know, uh, in terms of it being a transitional title switch, it got the job done because Suzuki and Saber Junior winning the title feels like a really big deal you know they get the cool picture which goes around twitter and stuff <laughs> um and also they get uh the cck return match and they wouldn't have got that if cck were still the champions so <laughs> you know it's a, it's a bit of a smart booking there from andy q definitely it sets up quite a a few interesting things there like you mentioned um, match with cck rematch with mustache mountain uh you could even build that just over suzuki faking a handshake with trent at the end and just beating him down and (laughs) i just can't get over how much i I just love that duo of zsj and suzuki just suzuki joining in like uh it's like a like uh, Minoru's a, a bad influence and bringing out the absolute worst in uh, in ZSJ. It's just great. And yeah, it sets up some really interesting things as the, I suppose, the year of Suzuki-Goon in, uh, in RevPro begins here. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see which um, members of that crazy faction come over. I, <laughs> I don't know how much Izuka would get over in uh, the York Hall. Uh, <laughs> That'd be interesting. There, yeah, People running for the toilets in York Hall. Maybe the bouncers are there, <laughs> get involved there. Uh, but yeah, I'd enjoy seeing Despy back as well. Takabishinoku, mm-hmm. maybe. Oof, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, so as well as that, uh, that was, I suppose, the headline news coming out of the show, but we also had a really, really memorable match in Will Ospreay and Mark Andrews. Uh, Will Ospreay actually winning match We'll be talking about him a bit later with the progress show as well. Uh, beating Mark Andrews uh, clean in the middle. Uh, where would you put this with their, their other matches? It was a, a great sprint of a match and surprisingly oh, yeah. short as well, I, I would probably say too. Uh, yeah, I was shocked to see it under 10 minutes on mm. the cage match timings because it, it definitely felt longer than that in person. Um, just because, you know, we were also wrapped up in it. 
Yeah, so. like it's difficult to like rate uh this match. Like it certainly wasn't as good as their match last year when Osprey was doing the dick heel routine and the top broke broke and they worked that into the match. I know a lot of people were really high on that one. This was a lot more exhibition-y, um, with nothing really on the line. So, <laughs> you know, it's it's difficult to rate it from that perspective. But it was just a barrel full of fun. Like, they, <laughs> they were just sort of taking the piss with some of the spots they were doing because they were just so <laughs> incredibly athletic. <laughs> like, just unbelievable stuff. Um, and, yeah, they just got to show off all their skills. It was cool seeing Mark Andrews in RevPro. Uh, I'd like mm. to see more of that, certainly. Yeah, like you mentioned there, it's just they've got an unreal chemistry, haven't they? And it's like uh, Andy Q on the commentary was saying it's like it's almost like a high flying style of chain wrestling. Like the bodies are almost interconnected on mm. some of the next level stuff that they're they're doing together. Um, just unreal, really. And you mentioned as well that uh, no top rope match that they did in progress. Uh, if anyone says they don't know how to work, I think that's the <laughs> the ideal uh, yeah. showcase <laughs> for, for seeing them work without a top rope. But this was, I think, them. This was them at their their most pure, wasn't it? Just running through all yeah, of these just, ridiculous spots. What, what crazy shit can we do? <laughs> what a match can we do it in ten minutes? <laughs> <laughs> when a match starts with a space flying tiger drop and then a tornado <laughs> DDT to the outside, you you know you're in for something crazy, don't you? And they they really mm. really delivered here as well. And yeah, interesting to see Osprey going over. Um, and also having uh, his good friend Brooksy uh, coming out and, and attacking him at the end of the match, Adam Brooks. Uh, what did you make it all that? Just think uh it's quite an interesting angle i think in cutting the the aussie flag from from will osprey's oh, yeah. uh, trunks as well um they had uh, again mentioned in the commentary andy quilden on commentary was putting over strong that it was osprey being the man who brought brooks over to rev pro and and now he's doing this i think it it sets us up again for some uh some interesting stuff going forward oh yeah definitely it was a great angle i thought um because <laughs> osprey does have these weird tassels and <laughs> it was fun to like bring it into the story um and also it would be really cool to see these two have a story-based like heated match because obviously we'll talk about it in a minute but they had the match in progress which I d- was also really good but again like this one felt very exhibition-y so having something on the line <laughs> osprey needing to win back his tassel <laughs> yeah uh will be fun to see Definitely, yeah. If, hopefully it's an extended tour that we've uh, got Brooks over here. I don't know how long he's intended to be here, but seeing them set up angles here, even having Mark Andrews come out and try and save Osprey too. Yeah, gives yeah it was you good something to see Andrews get well. involved and not just go straight to the back. Yeah, hopefully that's an indication that we'll we'll see him again in, in Rev Pro. But mm-hmm. yeah, another another interesting story to set up for the future. And we won't go through uh, every match in, in full detail, but uh, was there anything else on the show that, that caught your eye or the highlights uh, from being there live in the building? Yeah, well, I thought Evil and Sonata came off larger than life. Like They feel like genuine superstars. Uh, mm. And they're both still fairly young, so it could definitely see them, obviously not in Britress, but in New Japan, becoming proper main event as there. And I thought Aussie Open, especially Mark Davis, because he is the more experienced man, uh, but, the, you know, they were on their level, certainly. And, like, they didn't get swallowed up by Evil and Sonata at all. Yeah, uh, so they, that was they looked fun, like they belonged, didn't they? Yeah, that was a fun way to end the first half. Ryan Smile versus Adam Brooks Oof. went over 20 minutes. It did not need to go over 20 minutes. I no. don't really want to kick Ryan Smile while he's down, because it seems like he's going to be stepping away from wrestling now, potentially retiring. Um, so I don't really want to like 
trash the match, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it just... It did not need to go 20 minutes. This was kind of like the, the bad version of the, the Osprey-Mandrews match, wasn't it? Like you said, <laughs> it just went too long. There's times where you watch Ryan smile, again, not to, not to kick him, but it's almost like, I'm not sure what wrestler he is at times, when he's trying to almost do an impression of his best mate, Will Osprey, and... Mm-hmm. Well, I thought here he was doing an like he wanted to really be Hiroshi Tanahashi and have like yeah. a slow burn match, <laughs> but it's, and, and end up with his knees work. in the same end up with his knees in the same condition as Hiroshi Tanahashi mm. like doing frog splashes on the apron. Just why was kind of the note I have from that. He took some really nasty bumps out there, didn't he? It was just yeah, uh, an unfortunate match. Um, but I suppose the, the 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 future of Ryan Smile in uh, in Brit Res is is yet to be seen. Um, any any other notes from the show? Uh, Curtis Chapman's finisher is very, very situational, but <laughs> it looked absolutely devastating. Oh, that's like, we're clearly practicing that one. Uh, <laughs> so that was good fun to see. Uh, Ginny, B. Priestley, and Millie McKenzie was essentially like a free move match, I would say, but all three of those moves were excellent. <laughs> and I did enjoy Ginny pretty much doing nothing in the whole match but winning anyway just because yeah. she's smarter <laughs> yeah apparently she i believe she broke her hand in the match i Ooh, think that's dear. why she was yeah lying on the outside. it looked yeah. like, there's a couple of points in the match where she was continuing on and it was just you're looking at it thinking is that brave or is it is it stupid i mean there were you mentioned there were some ridiculous spots in the match you know mckenna miller mckenzie herself doing a uh, taking a double stomp on the guardrail yeah. from, from B Priestley and that ridiculous Canadian destroyer off the top from Millie to B Priestley that looked like it was called on the fly maybe uh, with Ginny stealing the pin as she she had been that on the outside um, but yeah I believe it was a legitimate injury I think she's off the progress show from this weekend um, but yeah hopefully you know she, she does get better soon and, and we wish her well but I think they, they definitely did well considering the circumstances there didn't they Moving on then, uh, as well as RevPro, the other big show that we've got to talk about on this episode is uh, Progress and the Chapter 61, the uh, Don't Touch Me, Don't Don't Touch Me name show, um, named after a, a street song, I believe. I actually uh, know uh, the name of the Progress chapter <laughs> for once <laughs> in my life. There you go. Yeah, they come up with some weird and wonderful ones, don't they? Um, Vote Pies being a, a what a favourite of mine. Um, it was a fun show. Uh, I was there live for this one. Uh, overall, I enjoyed it. It was a, a good show with, with good solid matches, and I thought some good story development as well, um, which has been a, a bugbear for me with, with progress in the in the last year or so. Uh, I would probably say from being there live that my biggest takeaway was just how good uh, Trent Seven is as a promo these days. He uh, cut a promo to, at the start of the night to uh, taking a, a phone call from his mate Trips at WWE <laughs> uh, and talk and telling uh, Trips to stay cerebral and uh, taking updates on Zach Gibson and, and James Drake there as well. Probably the best received thing all night. There's definitely a, a stand-up career in uh, <laughs> Trent Seven's future, I would say. Um, but you watch this show on, on VOD, Ollie. Um, as far as big matches go, I felt there were three that pretty much stood out on the night, and I can't really go much further without talking about the what I felt was the the most newsworthy one was uh, <laughs> Pete Dunne and uh, a Joseph Connors. Joseph Connors here in progress, who's had an interesting um, introduction to the promotion. There's going to be there's always going to be questions following around as to why he's actually in the promotion. Is it just a, a case of the WWE relationship? The progress owners uh, have come out on Twitter and have in his defence as to how good a wrestler he is uh, John Briley particularly <laughs> raving about him uh, I'm still not sold on him but he certainly tried here didn't he this was uh, he was in full effort mode I can't deny him that um, throwing everything at it yeah <laughs> uh, 
even in kayfabe, it seems odd that he's even here. Like he he just seems to be in a universe where it's only him and Pete Dunne, who himself mm-hmm. is kind of a, in no man's land in progress now because of his contract situation. Um, and the UK title is similarly kind of a, a weird limbo belt which doesn't belong anywhere. So this was this could have just teleported in from another dimension. This match and just landed on this show, and it wouldn't have really made any difference. Uh, it, like I say, Connor's put in full effort in this match. It was not a bad match, but he's just so bland and uninteresting, and his silhouette looks like Yoshitatsu from the Hunter <laughs> Club. And yeah, I, I can't get down with it. It's It feels weird. It feels forced. So, like If Connor's is such an amazing wrestler who the progress management love, why wasn't he on a show for their first five years of existence? It's it's all just very weird and WWE smelling. <laughs> he he seems fully aware of it as well, doesn't he? And I'm guessing from the the Twitter mentions that he gets some of the abuse he's had. Uh, <laughs> there's no way to avoid it. But he even came out here, didn't he, with an, an everyone welcome T-shirt? Yeah. Uh, and he did. Uh, you know, he he tried. Uh, he tried to get that that element of character over kind of the ironic uh, why on I welcome character. And like you said, he, he threw everything at it. Just he was bumping all over the academy, being there live, watching him take bumps on the apron, on the floor, getting thrown into chairs by, <laughs> by Pete Dunne. They, they even stopped and, and gave him mic time in the middle of the match as well, didn't they? It was just all of the bells and whistles uh, to try and get Joseph <laughs> Connors over. But he still just doesn't look at home, does he? he still you can put like look- a quarter of that effort into getting like a Chris Ridgway or someone, I don't know, <laughs> someone else over, and it would Jordan work Devlin, a lot maybe, you know? Devlin. I mean, how natural i think jordan devlin would be a natural fit to progress and you wouldn't have to do all this stuff because you've put him in they put him in there with pete dunn who when they made their debut in birmingham this time last year pete dunn wasn't there because he was off in the wwe uk tournament pete dunn's a, a bigger star than ever and he just completely eclipsed connor's um dunn's like the the lovable i put in my review like the lovable biting hometown rogue who who everyone loves and it was just it was a star against what felt like a a mid carder um and i just don't know i mean where do you even go with connor's from here or what are the options uh, yeah like he's just been beaten for a title which is often its own world <laughs> yeah like i guess he just attacks someone else and continues being Joe Connors. <laughs> the go, man. Yeah. That's it, yeah. And he couldn't be, be beaten more decisively with a clean in the middle with a with a bitter end. So yeah. I, but I he's, guess he's we'll see. Uh, an amazing wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> That's it's kind of like I, I kind of liken it to it's like that galaxy brain moment where it's people who the the, the likes of the, the progress bookers who, who are looking at him and thinking no this is a guy who really knows how to work it <laughs> you, you smart marks on the internet you don't understand how wrestling how wrestling works and how wrestling and it's just it's just the case of people just don't want to see him but, he but, might be good at all the technical things he might do all the things at the right time but I just can't motivate myself to mm. want to see his matches. And then they followed that match up with Osprey versus Brooks going mental for <laughs> 15 <laughs> minutes. So it kind of invalidates that point. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I mean, well, while we're talking about it, we might as well go into that. Osprey yeah. and Brooks. I mean, did you see any of the MCW stuff? Do you think it, it lived up to the to the standard of that? All uh, that no, uh... I haven't seen any of... I've, I've seen Osprey versus uh, Robbie Eagles, but not mm. uh, against Adam Brooks or any of his matches in Australia before now. 
Yeah, there was kind of that period last year, wasn't there, where Australia was talked of as, yeah. the, you know, the next big place for, for wrestling. Obviously, New Japan are venturing that way as well. Um, as far as the match goes, as you, as you said earlier, it was kind of, I thought in the building, it was lots and lots of character work from Brooks. Um, I wouldn't have maybe expected it considering the way he works otherwise, mm-hmm. but I do think he's, he's quite charismatic. He's quite hateable, isn't he? Um, I think it worked. In that it became a different match than maybe a, a ridiculous flying exhibition match like we yeah. got with uh, with Andrews on the Rev Pro show, but I think it, it, it I think it served in in getting the crowd behind Osprey and and building the crowd around that, and then also going into the absolutely ridiculous spots as well. Yeah, I think I was a bit harsh on it by saying it was a bit exhibition-y because Brooks was certainly getting over that scuzzy, scummy character mm. and against sort of a clean cut purple-haired Osprey. <laughs> it was two very different looks, and I did like that. Um, Osprey's just, like, on another level. Like, he's mm-hmm. just easily top ten wrestler in the world, and just, like, farts out great matches. <laughs> it's it's kind of unbelievable. But yeah, he was working overtime to get Brooks over here, doing crazy bumps into the corner. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> he clearly loves his Australian buds, so... Yeah, I thought that was kind of funny being there. Osprey's getting spat at by Brooks, and Brooks is cheating, trying to get roll-ups with a handful of tights and low blows. And then after the match, Osprey's still kind of nodding at him and trying to get the fans to, yeah. to cheer for his mates <laughs> because he clearly wants, in real life, he wants his, his mate to get over. Um, I mean, Osprey, you mentioned there how good he's been in recent weeks. He's had an incredible last month. Um, that unboxing show, uh, the match with Travis Banks, I would implore people to to get that match probably my progress match of the year and it came at the very end of the year uh but i think um, progress have really missed him um i think having that that big osprey match on shows was a a bigger Mm. part of of what made a lot of the classic progress shows good than than even i thought um i definitely i mean i think they've missed him i think the heel run was was something interesting they were tapping into uh, before he left yeah they blasted through it way too quickly because of outside factors politics yeah it's a weird one isn't it that he's out of because he had a ring of honor contract they didn't use him and now he's out of ring of honor contract he can wear a UK indie. Um, what is it about this UK indie that means a, a Ring of Honor contracted guy can't work there? I always find that stuff quite quite suspicious. Um, do you think they should pay mind to the fact that he's he lost the loser leaves progress match? He was supposed he was a heel last time. Yeah. I think we're being asked to forget that. Are, are you happy well, to do that? That seems to sort of be progress's mo at the moment, and mm. sort of again part of a wider conversation of just kind of shit booking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um, yeah, like, they want to have Osprey matches, we want to see Osprey matches, and they're just kind of willing to, you know, pull pull the yeah. curtain back on that one. Same for Dunn and uh, Mustache Mountain. Like, it's just one that, like, it, their storytelling was a lot more cohesive when they were only running a show every six weeks or a show every eight weeks, and now they're running so many shows a year. It has gotten messed up, and again, that's just part of progress being a different animal to what it was before i i was i was in the shower earlier <laughs> don't don't oh. picture that but i was thinking that it's exactly the same as black mirror like black mirror when it was on channel four was something more pure than it is on netflix but it's changed because of the changing audience changing times whatever but it's a different animal just because it's called the same thing that's my weird tangent 
<laughs> that's it. I suppose you got to play to what they believe that their audience is. I think I'll just say I'm happy that Osprey is back. Um, it doesn't exactly make sense. Um, but hey, it's Will Osprey back in progress, yeah. so we'll just we'll go with the it. Matches um, are good. <laughs> indeed, I'll deal yeah. with it. This is one maybe we can we can forgive. Um, elsewhere on the show, then uh, we touched on it. Then the Progress World Title, Travis Banks uh, beat Chris Brooks. Uh, no, Travis Banks's title reign has been no nonsense, and it kind of continues here. But uh, by the end of the the match, it was this was a a match set up just as a, another challenger. Chris Brooks was supposed mm. to be elsewhere on the card, so I thought we were going to get another one of those great Travis Banks exhibition matches. I believe Chris Brooks was um, sick on the day. I think that probably plays into it. But there was a lot of story here. Yeah. Um a lot of. Uh, Chris Brooks being tempted to to cheat on, on Travis Banks and then eventually doing so. Um, and then we had TK Cooper getting involved as well. Uh, what did you make of it as a, as a, a story match? Um, and the, there was a lot of booking in here. I think uh, the thing that a lot of people have enjoyed about Travis Banks' run so far is he's mm. just been having clean title defences. This was anything but that. Still a strong match, but certainly different. Yeah, I think we're entering the booking zone now with the TK Cooper match coming up, which I, I do really like that match. It's a really cool match on paper, but you know that CCK are going to get involved and it's going to be a bit of a cluster like this one was. I enjoyed this on the level. Like, I care about all the characters in it. The aside Outside of the Eddie Dennis story, it's the, the most interesting story progress are telling right now mm-hmm. with the whole CCK guys. So, and now the fracturing, like, they were leaning into this when uh, TK Cooper and Dahlia came back from the first time back in May or June or so, and then obviously TK got injured again and they have to hold fire on it, but now it seems like we're going to get it. All of these guys are uh, interesting characters, great wrestlers, and uh, TK Cooper back especially is what's probably going to save progress in my mind because he is still a very fresh character at the top of the card for them because he's been out whenever he's been getting pushed. So, And also... I really want to see him in some high-profile singles matches to see what he can actually do in it. Uh, so that'll be really interesting to see. But yeah, I'm worried that they are going to overthink it a bit, much like uh, all the uh, British Strong Style matches we had to suffer through last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we'd always say on our old show, is that you coined the phrase stories with a Z. Yeah. That's uh, sometimes <laughs> progress is problem. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting that we've got two directions something to go. I really hope that the bank's being so naive here and you, you know, one of his best mates, apparently Chris Brooks is, you know, trying to use chairs to beat him mm. and hit them over the head with bacon trays and Kid Lycos' stable mates is encouraging it all. <laughs> and then at the end of the match, Banks is shaking everyone's hand going, oh, good, good, good effort, guys, good effort. Um, they did try and play something with, you know, Brooks, uh, walking off and, Obviously, there's a there's a story there to to tell with with TK Cooper as well. I think there's likely a heel turn coming there for TK Cooper. I think people want to cheer for him at the moment because we're all happy that he's back. But surely the the long term success with TK Cooper, I would say, was a heel. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, I think that's the same for CCK. Like, it seems mm. weird, but all the promotions just suddenly turned them face because they were popular. Like, you can have popular villains. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. Or, like, faces who still cheat, I guess. It did kind of hurt the CCK identity a bit. Sort of softened, softened it, like, because the reason why they got so popular is because they were so scummy and came out to human fly and were generally horrible to the audience. And 
it's a bit different now, but mm. I'm still in, invested in all these characters. A lot of interesting parts that they can do some cool stuff with. Absolutely. Uh, any other notes from uh, from this show? Anything else catch your eye? Um, I do like the Havoc Haskins and Haskins team. I just wish they had an actual motivation rather than just yeah. appearing and having matches. Like <laughs> I think the Vicky <laughs> Haskins character has a lot of potential. Like I yeah, say, she when she great. when she first did the match between these two. Um, in Alexandra Palace, like <laughs> she got me so mad, <laughs> like when she was interfering, it was really annoying and sort of pushed the match to being the best match of that show. Uh, so it is, it is a bit frustrating that they are just holding station with these guys, possibly because they don't know themselves <laughs> what why they're together. It'd be good to see them in a more prolonged feud. Yeah, that's exactly my take on it. That, that it just feels like the promotion don't actually know what the what the motivation is between Havoc and Haskins. They they just strike me as a team that are there for for something to do for two progress mm. guys who've been around a long time. Um, yeah, again, I mean, it's not often, is it, that you get an, an uninteresting Aussie Open match, but this certainly was flat. I think part of it as well as it came right after the the Osprey uh, yeah. match as well. Um, I, I thought it was a little bit. I would have liked to see the Aussie Open team go over, but I suppose Havoc and Haskins are the established guys, and there'll be uh, there'll be other dates for Fletcher mm-hmm. and Davis one that I think that they're both being included in the Natural Progression series. So yeah, there'll be more moments for them, and I guess we'll we'll see it play out and uh, and see where it goes. Um, what did you make of uh, Drew Parker and, and Chris Ridgway? Just a quick note: uh, they're both uh, going to be in the Natural Progression series as well. I thought it was interesting that the they put Parker over Ridgway. Um, yeah, it's the classic Vince booking. <laughs> the replacement yeah. has to go over. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, just make sure the fans don't get the uh, don't think they've got the inferior deal. Um, yeah, that's the way I put it. It's just it's strange. Um, but I think I, I don't think it, it would make me think that they're not behind Ridgway. I think he's. Yeah, yeah got to be a favorite for the natural progression series hasn't he? he's he's tailor-made for progress yeah i do find it odd that fletcher and davis are in uh that especially davis since he's like 29 years old or whatever um fletcher i'd be fine with like uh, maybe he'll beat davis and be in um it'd be interesting to see how that tournament shapes up because we haven't had one in ages um we had the women's one um <laughs> a while ago i can't remember exactly um when that ended but it mm. like the last men's one, the final of that was Pastor William Eva versus Damon Moser. So <laughs> that puts into context just like how far we've come since then. Like, Definitely. we can't find William Eva, former Progress champion with a such light. <laughs> Jesus. Exactly. Jesus probably sums it up, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, other than that on the show, the only other note I bake is Mark Andrews uh, and Eddie Dennis there, Angle at the start of the show. The, oh, yeah. They continue definitely. along that road. Dennis has been really good in the role, hasn't he? Uh, spitting at Mark Andrews. and Most, most interesting to... thing in progress the last couple definitely. of months, definitely. And it has been out of the ring. I mean, like, he's had a couple of matches, obviously, but the, the most interesting stuff has been those behind the scenes videos of him mm. snarling at people and losing his temper and it's all based on like the history of progress and him feeling slighted at the opportunities not given to him like it's this this is proper like progress stuff this feels like a, the jimmy havoc story yeah. in, in like that same kind of grungy 
angry man way. <laughs> I think what's bringing those memories is that they're even referencing that stuff, aren't they? The yeah, reference definitely. in early chapters where, you know, Andrew's picked Osprey over Eddie Dennis and bringing up the history, playing into their history yeah. that's there. This, and is, this is stuff you can sink your teeth into. It's not mm. Dunn and Connors just parachuting in to have a UK title feud. It's like, this is this is progress, not to <laughs> coin the term, but that's what it feels like. This feels like authentic, whereas some of the other stuff they're doing does feel a bit pastiche indeed well uh yeah a pretty strong show i thought from progress uh they've got uh chapter 62 coming up uh this sunday uh and they're going straight into that tk cooper and travis banks match feels a bit early for me but uh i guess we'll wait and see uh what they do with that and uh and how they uh they get out of that one um on another note then uh with progress uh some news notes that we should definitely address not the not the lightest stuff unfortunately um on the 10th of this month james davis was pulled from the progress live at the dome show uh, there was some pressure on them to to do so on the promotion with there was multiple people making complaints on twitter uh, about james davis publicly starting with a, a twitter user han sandwich x who alleged that davis had been in a romantic relationship with her at age 15 and made allegations of sexual and physical abuse all of this is detailed on the last word on pro wrestling.com website that details those tweets and those allegations in full jim smallman even answered the fan uh, when it was put to him if these accusations are true will is it true we won't see davis in a progress ring again and smallman simply answered correct uh, it's all in the wake of uh, other serious allegations in british wrestling former ipw uk owner dan edler now the owner of spotlight wrestling um he's been in the in the eye with allegations to do with his conduct towards trainees again uh, another twitter user faye lilani 836 posted screenshots of messages and photographs with him uh, when she was 15 um those details also can be found last word on wrestling.com verifiable details are scarce with uh, an investigation ongoing um and there are other allegations as well to do with other individuals in british wrestling i think it's it's worth bringing into attention these stories as as more and more people come forward with allegations and and all the questions are, are asked about what's happening in in training schools uh, mm. in the uk what is it about uh, culturally about this amount of of complaints being made yeah. uh, in recent times yeah it's definitely worrying but so much has come to light in such a short space of time because it shows that it, the problem is widespread it's not just one or mm. two issues and who knows how many more stories there are out there that have not been told yet um it, it's definitely a frustrating time to be a fan and sort of like be thinking what's going on like who's pretty to this are people covering it up like again it's difficult to talk about without yeah. like firm details without any you know police involvement it mm-hmm. i don't really want to touch it too much but it's certainly worth bringing to light because it, it is definitely a problem that we need to to deal with and bring to it attention yeah, I mean, you can say what you want about social media, but it's good that, you know, people uh, who are alleged victims of this type of stuff have got an avenue to, to come Definitely. out and it's it's encouraged other people to, to, to come out as well. Um, I think wrestling's kind of a historically secret society, isn't it? Mm. And these types of allegations, when there's people in power, the, you know, the likes of Pollyanna, former uh, yeah, Progress uh, wrestler, has been very vocal about these kinds of things on her Twitter. Um, even this week, Bubblegum made a statement on his own Facebook regarding allegations that he'd been sending images to a 17 year old trainee. It's again, people in, in positions of power and 
It kind of ties in as well, doesn't it, to this uh, Adam Blampier who won't go away. Mm. He wrote a, an article <laughs> for The Independent about oh, the duh. sexual harassment allegations that he had last year, holding his hands up and, and saying all the right things, <laughs> but at the same time, not going away. Sometimes it's better to say nothing at all than attempt to say the right thing, I think, in that situation. Blampied needs to F off <laughs> and stop trying to, you know, drag mankind under the bus with him when he just needs to deal with his own problems in private and accept, you know, he's done something wrong. He can atone for it in time, personally, privately, and not still attempt to be a public figure and stop trying to get paid to... <laughs> spew nonsense again yeah. um, I mean one positive I would say from all these stories it's good that the promotions are acting in some cases mm-hmm. I would, it'd be great to hear uh, more promotions and wrestlers being yeah. vocal well, about this stuff it's worrying that maybe they're using the cases they are acting on to cover mm-hmm. the cases that they aren't but that's just yeah. Conjecture. <laughs> That's an element of it as well, isn't it? And yeah, like I said, the on the Daniel Edler story, a lot of wrestlers are pulled out of spotlight wrestling. Yeah, um, that's very good. Yeah, yeah, it's good to see progress taking action with Davis, at least in in the meantime. But yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll see as as more yeah. um, comes out yeah, and it's, more. It's transpires. certainly not something we can cover all in one podcast. It's a longer story, certainly, um, and we will keep abreast of it um, as and when we can, for sure. Okay, well, uh, in in other news, uh, Five Star Wrestling uh, are starting their arena tour uh, this coming Thursday uh, on the 1st of February at the Echo Arena in Liverpool. They're starting their three-hour TV show, Ollie. It's uh, ev- <laughs> apparently ever. I read the press release, and every single five-star show will be aired live to millions of homes, seven to ten p.m. every Thursday night on the new UK Free Sports Channel. Um, Ollie, <laughs> how far? How, how many weeks do you think we've got of this? And that's quite the mammoth undertaking, isn't it, oh, for, a, for a promotion to I, be doing? I, this, I've, <laughs> I've had next week circled in my calendar <laughs> uh, because it. This is this is it. <laughs> this is the end. <laughs> We're finally at the end of our own. We can stop talking about them soon enough. And I just want to see what this show is going to look like because I have absolutely no clue who's going to win the 128 man tournament. That's what I want to know. We've still got that to come as well. And yeah, they did the press conference in Sheffield, running angles and the trying to go over Adam Maxted and they've got Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam and John Morris. They've got a who's who of oh, WWE stars from mid-90s. the Northeast. <laughs> mid yeah. SmackDown roster. <laughs> I mean, they, there and everything. Oh God. Yeah. And it, it's just, oh, go on. Uh, in Carlito's Twitter bio, it says retired pro wrestler, <laughs> which <laughs> says everything you need to know. Sums it up. I mean, we're all, we've got to be, Weeks away from Alberto Del Patron getting announced for them. He, he's got to be the next le- name on the list. It's just, I mean, they've got uh, Zach Gibson on the show. Part of me is being a Liverpool native. Uh, I'm looking forward to, <laughs> I don't know if looking forward to the way, but I'm going to be going to the Echo Arena to see how they deliver this, this show and just to see the spectacle of it. I mean, part of me is happy to see him wrestle in the Echo Arena, but if it's anything like last time with, you know, five to six hundred people in in mm-hmm. venues that are built for tens well, of thousands. How, it's not a great how soon before the first show did he cancel the last tour? 
last year. I can't remember, but it was pretty close, around about like a week before. So, so we've got a week to go. <laughs> I mean, spoiler, we're recording this on Tuesday as well, so it's going to come to Thursday, isn't it? And it's going to turn out the whole uh, the whole thing's been cancelled. Yeah, but like, I'm com- <laughs> I'm confident they'll do one week. Um, whether it, it continues on through the summer, if you go to their website, there's lots of dates listed. There's a few blank weeks where I'm guessing they're still looking for venues. But yeah, how long you can continue on doing an arena tour of this magnitude um with those kinds of crowds that they drew last time and if you look at the the seating charts uh, some people have been posting on on twitter um how many seats are still available in the venues <laughs> and the spoiler there are a lot uh yeah it'll be interesting to see how far how far along they actually get with this tour um on a more positive note, um, Tetsujin uh, Shoot Style are going to be returning as well. They've got a show coming up on the 9th of February after a two-year absence. Did you see the first show? It's on uh, Progress is On Demand now. It's a very different style, very UWFI battle art yeah. style, knockout and top out wins. Were you a fan, Ollie, and are you looking forward to the return of uh, yeah, Tetsujin? It was, it was certainly something very different uh, to what you're normally used to seeing. I thought it was a bit awkward the first couple of matches because like, it was... A, even though wrestlers themselves didn't quite know exactly <laughs> what was going to happen, like how it was going to come off. But I think by the Tommy end, Walter, uh, like WXW offer match before the main event. And then, um, Gibson versus Jack Gallagher in the, in his gi, uh, in the main event was, oh, no, it wasn't Gibson in the main event. Was it Gibson? I can't remember, but I remember Gallagher in his gi winning the whole thing. Yeah, uh, I think it was, might have been Chris Brooks that he beat uh, in the main. Okay, but- yeah. Yeah, interesting that Jack Gallagher won the first one. There is a secret fight announced for this show. Part of me is wondering, hmm, it's a secret fight that apparently they can't put on the on-demand. Imagine if Jack Gallagher comes out, that'd be uh, pretty cool. He's been in the news challenging CM Punk to UFC fights. Like, so, uh, you, you never know. But He's undefeated in uh, in his MMA career. <laughs> very true. Um, yeah, I was there live for the first show. And like you say, the crowd didn't know what to make of it at first. And there was a lot of, it was kind of hushed and... It, it, I think it tells a good story of British wrestling over the last two years because this was tail end of 2015 and there are about 50 of us in the building, whereas this time it looks like they're going to sell out. Mm. Um, I think that tells you a big story of how different Definitely. British wrestling is now. Um, but yeah, it looks like an interesting card. Uh, there's a super fight there with David Starr and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, and the opening rounds are Chris Brooks, Mike Baird, Omari Travis Banks, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Haskins and Craig Collins and Chris Ridgeway. So yeah, could be a, a very interesting night there from Tetsujin. Uh, before we go then, Ollie, we've got uh, some questions from the forum. Um, firstly, Faulty Rob uh, has posted, uh, if Impact had moved to the UK like it moved to Canada um, back in 2012, where would you see the UK scene now? Uh, would there still be a Progress or a Rev Pro or would we have something else? Yeah, I remember the whole Impact sort of trying to make UK their home story mm-hmm. going back a while ago. And they've sort of they've moved away completely now. I don't think they run any shows at all here after Will O Spray with uh, apostrophe between the O and the Spray, uh, <laughs> like an Irish name, uh, didn't uh, move tickets. It, <laughs> there's a lot of ifs in that question. But yeah, mm-hmm. like seeing where Impact is today, that, that would have been very interesting to see if it was somewhere else. We'd have Taiji Ishimori over here more regularly, <laughs> and that'd be fun. <laughs> would there still be a Progress or Pro? I think so, yeah, because they fill in a completely different niche to what Impact is, like a faux WWE does, like, I guess, five-star wrestlings. The, the one-to-one with that kind of Impact would have been now. Um, 
because they were running sort of those arena shows. That's what a five star want to do. And, uh, and well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I think Progress and Rev Pro are very two different products, more underground, more based on indie wrestling, like your faves and not so much the the, the TV stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the better question is, would there still be a TNA? I think it'd be a very, very different prospect. TNA just somehow manages to survive year on year. And yeah, I think uh, it would have been an interesting play. I definitely thought at the time that it would be a good idea because they were, they were filling the, the venues, weren't they? And they were they definitely had something hot over here being on a, a decent TV network and uh, having a, a lot of coverage there as well. But yeah, it, it would uh, remain to be seen how they'd actually use uh, our talent. Um, would Will Ospreay be quite, if Will Ospreay had signed a TNA contract in 2012, uh, would he be the, the star that he became mm. in New Japan? I'm not so sure. Um, so yeah, as with anything to TNA touches, I could imagine this being some, uh, some big negative impact there as well. Um, but yeah, I think you're right in the main there, Ollie. I think they are two quite uh, distinct audiences there. So yeah, we probably have something underground, even if it maybe wasn't called, uh, Progress or Rev Pro. Um, moving on then also from the forum, uh, we've also had a question from Shane Silver, who's asked, going back through the years, what Brit Res car can you look back on and think, bloody hell, I can't believe I saw that. If there was ever a British phrase, that's perfect. That's <laughs> very British. Um, for me, I, he's put for, for me, it was a 2012 Fight Club Pro show that he paid a fiver to see Johnny Gargano, Jonathan Gresham, Prince Devitt, and Davy Richards, as well as Crimp Largera and Trent Seven. Um, a fiver there. That's, uh, that's quite impressive. Mm. <laughs> can, you, can you outdo him, uh, Ollie? on a on a, his, on a uh, uk show you've yeah. been to <laughs> well i probably uh the last dragon gate uk show um mm. the only one i ever went to um in broxbourne uh very vivid memories of that show with yamato and susumu going 20 minutes and an absolute banger um and it's a real shame that we've never had another dragon gate uk show I, like i got the same kind of buzz when shima and all came over uh, for Fight Club probably last year, but it, it's not the same. We need that full on Dragon Gate experience with the song and everything and all the guys. I'd definitely like to see that. Um, it wasn't like a full show, but a particular match. Um, Chris Hero versus Marty Skull at the end of 2014 for Kamikaze. And I only paid a couple of pounds to get into that. And it, <laughs> that was a hell of a match for like, what, like a hundred people there <laughs> in, in like the working men's club outside the Cadbury world. <laughs> Insane. Yeah, I would probably say for me, I got to see uh, Daniel Bryan over here doing the family circuit as, yeah. as the American <laughs> dragon. That's a great um, one. Picture him at the, you know, on, the way the ring was set up, it's on stage, bunch of kids with foam fingers, and he's playing the stereotypical American with his American dragon mask on. Um, that was kind of cool to say I was there for that. Uh, we just mentioned that the first Tetsujin show, um, yeah. tail end of 2015, Trent Seven, Tyler Bates, uh, Chris Brooks, even Dan Maloney, they weren't uh, names in British wrestling, so that was some of my first uh, impression of those guys, getting to see those guys up close and personal, that was great. Um, and going back a bit further, I managed. To, I went to the. Um, I'm showing my age now, Ollie. I went to the Wrestling mm-hmm. Channel's uh, show in Coventry. I think it was in 2005, uh, back when the Wrestling Channel was at its pomp. And would you believe it? On a UK show, on these shows, we got uh, Samoa Joe against CM Punk, AJ Styles against Christopher Daniels. Uh, there was something involved there with Alex Shane and Mick Foley that we uh, we won't uh, dwell on. But yeah, that was a, that was a great one to be live at, and just a, a bonus to humble brag there. I, I won the raffle at that show, Ollie. <laughs> Wouldn't you know it? The first prize Legends of the raffle was was to go and see a ring of honor show in america all flights and expenses paid yes. so i went out <laughs> to see samoa joe against kenta 
Bashi. That's definitely that, for me. That's the number one live experience. That is a hell of a prize. <laughs> yeah, great to say I was uh, was there live at that one, and in a roundabout way, it was uh, also yeah, thanks to Britain. Vaguely Britain. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, yeah. As far as ones I didn't see, uh, Martin mentioned in, in the threads uh, there was a big uh, Zack Sabre Jr. and uh, Daniel Bryan match. I would have loved to have, have seen that I, one live. I wish I had seen uh, the Noah UK show. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one I regret not being a fan earlier because <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. obviously Masawa being there and all of that that must have been incredible indeed yeah. even I was going even going further back some of the early FWA shows and they got the likes of Eddie Guerrero over and, and just the, the initial Brit Res room it would have been uh, cool to say I was live at that one but yeah we've got I think uh, we shouldn't be a moan too much because we're spoiled in British oh, wrestling yeah. aren't we the fact that like you, we've just mentioned on this show that you can get to go see Minoru Suzuki up close and personal and see all kinds of uh, of big stars on our shores putting in killer matches we should all uh, be very very happy with that <laughs> no complaints uh... um, so yeah before we go uh, any plugs Ollie? Um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at another Rolly. Um and also my other podcast Brit Rest Roundtable is coming back this week with the Britty Awards so there'll be lots of arguing there. Awesome. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Benson Richard E. Um, I also did the PW Ponderings podcast this week. We did the Progress Year in Review, myself and Suit Williams, where we went painstakingly through uh, every Progress show from the year 2017. Um, so you can check that out uh, both at theindycorner.com and at pwponderings.com. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and join the forums at postwrestling.com, where you can leave any feedback for this or future shows. We'll be back on Thursday, February the 8th, and then every two weeks from then on. Bye for now, and we'll catch you again in two weeks.